Hi guys and welcome to episode 9 of The Dreamer's Disease. My name's Alex and on each episode we hear the story of someone inspirational who's out in the world and following their own path and creating their own journey in life, making sure that you know they're really following their gut and doing something that they love. On this episode I'm joined by Jovan Wade who is an actor, a writer, he owns his own social media platform making him a CEO, an entrepreneur and he's got really really great insights and information and a real you know, amazing journey to be honest. Having started out in college at the Brit School, we talk about how he kind of got involved there. We also speak about how he built up his online platform from a um, sketch show with his friends into a platform that now gets hundreds and millions of views a month and has billions of views overall. And we also talk about why he's now turned that platform into to something that he can help others and you know bring through new comedians and actors and use his platform to really benefit others. We also touched on his acting career and what it was like for him to be featured in two of the UK's biggest and most established TV programs in EastEnders and Doctor Who, and also how he got himself into a position to, to then have a movie that was out in the cinema and is now trending on Netflix and is becoming more and more popular day by day. And then finally, we touch on some more kind of the inspirational work he's been doing recently and why he wants to use his position to uplift and inspire others and, and to help others realize their goals and dreams and try to use his personality and his persona to, to the benefit of others and really create something that people can look to and use to help themselves. So before we jump into this episode, I would love to just thank you for, for, for being here, for listening to this. Um, if you can, be amazing to subscribe on iTunes. You just have to search Dreamers Disease on the podcast app and you'll find us there to subscribe. Leave a review if there's something you like that you've heard. Leaving reviews is amazing because it allows me to see what you guys like about the podcast, things you'd like to see more of. You can also go to the website, thedreamersdisease.co.uk. You can listen to the podcast there. And you can also check out our Instagram page, at dreamersdisease underscore podcast. And that's where we upload daily bits of inspiration and have that little nugget of, you know, inspiration to kickstart your day or mid-afternoon, whatever is something to be there for you to just look at and feel inspired by. So if you do like what you hear in this episode, then please make sure you also share it with a friend who might you know, feel they can relate to Javan's story and the things that he talks about and, and says. Um, so without any further ado, let's jump straight in and hear what Javan had to say. So I'm joined by the actor, writer, speaker, Javan Wade. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Are you good? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Very good. good. I'm glad to hear it, man. You look, we're, we're currently sat in your office we where you work out of for your wall of comedy stuff, which yeah. obviously we'll get into in a sec. Um, so it's good to see you like building up from what was essentially an online platform into all these bigger and better things really. Yeah, so it's amazing. It's just it's inspirational just being here. Good. Um, so to kick start, do you want to tell us a bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. Um, so I am Javan Wade. I am an actor, I am um, a speaker and I am a social media entrepreneur. Uh, I started about seven years ago when it comes to this whole industry prior to that i was playing football my whole family background is a sports background a music background so my brother he um two of my brothers played for charlton and my whole family was like you know football is the way forward as every young boy's dream mm -hmm. is um, when i was 16 i got to the point where i was like okay i don't want to pursue football anymore and i want to act and prior to that i was doing acting classes and i was at a place called dmb in downham where i lived yeah. um and then it just kind of turned and I was like, okay, cool. I really switched on to the acting. I was like, I want to take this seriously. 
Um, so after that point, I went to the Brit School, which is a performing arts school. Yeah. Um, like some Adele, Jesse, Jamie, Winehouse went there. And that was kind of my thing of thinking, okay, you know, you need to be in the right place in the right environment with the right people in order to be in, in the position you want to be in. So head down to that school. It was actually a mad experience because when I, I found out that the school existed a week before the okay. applications closed, wow. yeah, a friend of mine told me about it. Wow. And then um, because I found out so late, my dad drove me down to the school to hand in my application hand yeah. first. Um, and then I had like a really weird interview process where you have like hundreds of thousands of people audition and you come to, you know, do a monologue and a, a workshop. And in that that workshop, I didn't actually know what a monologue was. <laughs> and I basically just blagged the whole monologue yeah. and improvised this speech like to the to the seniors of the heads of the department yeah. and blagged it, man, and got in. And wow. yeah, I loved the school. I met Percy, my business partner, my co-star um, at the school, and we just kind of built a real bond. And we kind of always thought to ourselves, being in drama school is not really what we wanted to do. I always felt my, to myself that when it comes to acting, it's all about having that natural instinct and then just working hard. Yeah. And so after leaving, um, after, well, you're supposed to leave. We didn't leave. Yeah. We stayed for an extra year, okay. which was like a two day a week course. And we did that in order to be able to build something of our own while we can kind of transition. Yeah. And that's when we launched Mando on the Wall, which yeah. is our online series. And yeah. And then away we went, man. And the rest is history, yeah. as they say. Yeah. Or the beginning of history. Yeah. Um, so what what was it that made you start Mandan on the Wall? Like what? Because it's a sketch show for people who don't really know about, it and it lived on YouTube. Yeah. Did you sit down and go right? We want to do a sketch show. We're going to do this. We're going to do put it on YouTube. What was the kind of thought process behind creating that and starting it up? I think the main thing was that you know being black. And yeah. being in the UK, yeah. opportunities are limited, especially yeah. when it comes to acting. And I'm always one to kind of say, you know, no one owes you anything. You're born into this world and that's life. You're given life, you're given an opportunity. Yeah. And it's what you make of that opportunity. So yeah. I didn't want anyone, you know, saying to me, why didn't you do this and why didn't you do that? So I said, okay, cool. I'm going to do everything myself. And yeah. creating Man on the Wall was an opportunity to, one, exercise the creativity and put myself in a position where... I didn't have to rely on anyone, you know, creating a show and the whole idea was we looked at like everyone that was doing stuff at the time, Jazzy, A Squeezy, Hamza, uh, the Janet, Bricka Bricka, and saw what they were doing, but then we felt like all of this content was great for online, but yeah. it wasn't there was no one doing anything for TV and we pitched it at let's make a TV show but put it online. Mm, and yeah. that was the kind of main aim of it, to get people to see that that we could we could be on TV and then yeah. hopefully get producers and directors and even actors to re realize and recognize my work and yeah. want me to to push on and do stuff on yeah. TV and film. Yeah. And did obviously you know since then you know we'll touch on this in a bit, but you you've since made it onto TV. Yeah. But did Mandem on the Wall as a whole make it onto TV? Yeah. So Mandem on the Wall made it onto TV, not in the way we wanted it to. Yeah. Because the whole aim was that we create the online show and it would go to TV as the Mandem on the Wall TV show. Yeah. It would be Channel Four or uh, BBC, and we actually made a documentary on the 3rd of December, um, which was two weeks before we released the episode, saying we're about to do the show, it's going to be huge, it's going to yeah. be on Channel 4, it's going to be on BBC, etc, yeah. etc, et families are going to watch it, and literally about, about eight months after that, four episodes in, we were contacted by Big Talk Productions, who yeah. did like Hot Fires and Shaun of the Dead, 
and they said to us, we're doing this, this TV show, would you like to bring your characters and be in it? Mm -hmm. So we did the show called Youngers on yeah. E4, and um, we did two series of that. Mm -hmm. But the, the sticking point was that we were told, okay, you guys are going to get your own TV show after the first season. And yeah. it was going to be like a, a spin-off, like Family Guy and Cleveland yeah. show. Yeah. But Younger Season 2 struggled to get commissioned, so that didn't go ahead. And then they didn't want to pitch Man and Wall at the same time. So then the same thing happened for season two. Yeah. And before you knew it, we were two, two series deep into Youngers and we just kind of, we basically neglected our online audience thinking, okay, we're going to go to TV, so let's try and push here. Yeah. Stop doing videos online and it didn't work out. Yeah. So yeah, it went to TV in the sense of the characters were in, you know, an E4 show for two seasons long, eight episodes each series. But yeah. in terms of the man on the wall TV show, yeah. no. No. But still amazing that it happened. If, yeah. if someone had said to you when you made that documentary, yeah. okay, right, we, we won't give you a your own TV show, but the characters will make it into... Yeah, maybe I should have been more specific yeah. in the documentary. <laughs> yeah. it, it will be called The Man yeah. on the Wall TV show, yeah. not just the characters on TV. Yeah, like but, really put it out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, man, it was, yeah. it was a great experience and it, it trafficked so much to our online brand. Yeah, so, and, and then how did you, when you started Man on the Wall, yeah. how did you build up a following online for yourselves? The beginning was mainly Facebook, really. Yeah. So the videos were on YouTube. Back then, Facebook was a completely different beast. This was like six, seven years ago now, and Facebook loved YouTube links. Mm. So we could put a YouTube link into Facebook, and in the same way you put a native video into Facebook now, it would just be shared. Yeah. So I literally went on Facebook, contacted every single person. At that point, maybe I had like 700 friends on Facebook, oh, and I just messaged every single person, hey, I've got this new show coming out, can you check it out? Yeah. I look back at messages now where people pop up, and the last message that we had before that is yeah. me saying, seven years ago, can you wow. watch my own man's show? Yeah, it's mad. Um, so yeah, just hammered the Facebook, hammered Twitter, every single episode that came out, we would tweet every single person every single time, the same on Facebook. Yeah. Um, Instagram wasn't about them times, but it was just basically just pure word of mouth. And I suppose when you have something which is quality, if you tell enough people, word yeah. of mouth is going to spread. And then it just, it blew up. We did like 50,000 views over the first week yeah. and it just went from there really. So you had that real like almost organic hustle of, yeah. it's almost like, oh, I can't, like the, the street teams you remember when street teams were things yeah, like that but yeah, online flyering, it's just, yeah literally it's that. that online flyering yeah. isn't it just approaching everyone exactly you, you know not everyone's going to click the link or watch or yeah. share but if you get 10% 5% whatever the more people you tell the more probability that you're going to have yeah. an audience to watch it so yeah and yeah. proof is in the pudding and if the, obviously if the product's good at the end of it then exactly proof is in the pudding yeah and so you then sort of transitioned into TV and mm -hmm. more acting roles and we, we spoke about youngers you were in Big School, which was on BBC. Mm -hmm. You've since been in Doctor Who as uh, Rixie. Yeah, yeah. Um, EastEnders as Jordan. Yeah. And how did those roles come about? Particularly, you know, like Doctor Who and EastEnders, which are two like huge TV establishments in the UK. Yeah. Like, how was that getting into that? And how did it come about in the first place? So that was um, at the end of Brit, we did a showcase yeah. where um, we basically do a monologue and agents would come down and watch our shows. And I managed to get an agent through that, um, David and Paul from Senu, and literally since then been with the same guys ever since. And after we started doing our own stuff, I started kind of wanting to really challenge and challenge myself and wanting to do more TV stuff because that's essentially what we kind of got into it for. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just an audition process, really. Like the first one was big school, and I remember the audition so clearly. Um, went up for went up for the, the role. I did two auditions. And in the second audition, David Walliams came into the audition wow. room yeah. and it was like, 
I did this this scene with him and yeah, it was mind blowing, man. Especially just watching this man, like he's one of the comedy greats of the UK. Yeah. And yeah, picking a button got the role, you know. And the same thing happened with Doctor Who. Doctor Who was funny because that was actually my worst ever audition. Really? And it was only one audition. Like wow. usually you have at least one recall where you meet the director afterwards, yeah. but it was the um the producer and the director in the first audition. Yeah. Percy, um, who's my business partner and co-worker, he was doing a show called Wizards vs. Aliens, which is from the same creators as um Doctor Who. Yeah. And so because I would go down to his rap parties and the the kind of it's the same crew that did yeah. the both shows. So, so you're kind of meeting people. I was in, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, did that one audition and, and got that role and I don't know, the, the character was such a fan favourite that they brought me back for another season, the yeah. following season, and, and now he's, you know, he's, he's one of the, the legendary characters. Yeah. Like, so how many, how many episodes of Doctor Who were you in? I did two episodes of Doctor Who, yeah. over two series, of season eight and season nine. Yeah, wow, that's yeah. amazing. And then EastEnders, how did and that? And EastEnders, um, yeah, it was the same really, like, one thing that you find is that when you find your, when you find your casting directors that, yeah. that love you, they're constantly giving you opportunities yeah. and bringing you back into the same room. And the same casting director that cast me for Big School was the same casting director that cast me for EastEnders. Yeah. And that was, EastEnders was sick, man, because it was like, you know, you, you sit at home and it's a, it's a nation favorite, you know, everyone watches that show. But I always said to myself, do I really want to do a soap? Because yeah. like, I'm a movie star, do you know what yeah. I mean? And I'm, I'm a Hollywood movie star and like, I always looked at myself and said, okay, doing a soap, how is that going to work out for me? But kind of just strategically, because I had so much faith and belief in what I could do, I said, well, that's, it's never going to hinder me because I can see myself there. So I'm definitely going to be there. All it can do is benefit me in terms of profiling, yeah. in terms of, you know, being able to go in there and I'm a, a happy, like I've got the biggest smile in the world. You know what I mean? Like, so playing like this, this venomous character, yeah. this angry kid, it was great because people got to see another side mm. to me and even just being in a show like that which was so full on and it was you know four cameras set up never done anything like that before and you getting scripts on the day the morning of that shoot and saying yeah. okay cool we've added in a whole new scene learn oh, it wow it was like that training was it was great for yeah. me man and and just being able to be on set and experience that was yeah, yeah it was phenomenal and i was on screen for about four months wow. um so i did uh 14 episodes in total yeah. and yeah the storyline was sick as well and that was one thing because I, I, what made me want to do it is that there was going to be a heavy storyline for my character he was going to come in make a big effect to you know what I mean it's like turn up the square and yeah. then I could just be out and yeah. just do what I'm doing you know what I mean and yeah. so yeah I just kind of strategically looked at it and was like yeah this is what I need to do right now and looking back it was a great decision yeah amazing so if you could pick one TV program, mm -hmm. any TV program in the history of TV mm -hmm. in the world to play a part in, it could just be one episode, it could be a whole series, what would you be want to be in? It would be Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and, I'd, yeah. be, and I'd, I'd be the Fresh Prince. You'd be Will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that show, like Will is, even just not even on, a, on an acting perspective, but just like lifestyle and what he stands for. When I kind of first started really getting into you know, just positive thinking and, you know, just really being a, a craft of your own decisions in your own yeah. life. Will, his videos were the first videos I used to watch, that whole kind of saying of, there's no point in having a plan B, it only distracts you from plan A. Like, yeah. I will be on the treadmill for as long as it takes. I will die before I stop working before the next man. Like, a lot of that was installed in me from watching so much of Will's videos and mm. 
like even my, my mum, my, my parents were like inspirations to me. Like my mum, she, you know, is a life coach and she like trains um, different sectors and stuff in terms of just their mindset and thinking and how to get better results. And that really kind of ministered to me throughout. And my dad's always been like the hardest worker I know. Mm -hmm. So getting both those things and a little bit of Will Smith on the side hmm. is, yeah, man. Yeah. So you kind of answered my next question, which is who, who's been the biggest influence on your career? I guess you've kind of just repackaged yeah, that in, in the yeah, last yeah. Time. I think it's yeah, definitely, uh, definitely my parents and Will has been a big inspiration and my friends, man. Mm. Like my my peers, like Percy D, um, even down to like now as I progressed, my company, like the my employees and friends. You know what I mean? People mm. in which just all see the same vision and everyone that just knows that there is something better out there and everyday inspiration just looking at what i have and just being grateful for what that yeah. is and or, or what i could not have and yeah that just keeps me going and just wants me to it just makes me better myself every day man yeah sure and it, this this theme keeps popping up in people surrounding themselves mm. with people who give them inspiration rather mm. than looking outside of their circle at celebrities or you know, you obviously can have a Will Smith who you look up to, but yeah. the people that you surround yourself with are the ones that you get the real day-to-day -day inspiration from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a very important thing and a very important message to, yeah. to get across. And it's, it it's really interesting to see that that's been a very consistent theme throughout these episodes so yeah. far. So it's, you know, it shows that but a lot you, of people... You are do. what you eat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, 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 you take in what you think, what you surround yourself with, see it be it, got it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And it's, it's real. You, you, you chill with five millionaires the chances are you're going to be the sick yeah and yeah. that is that's real it, that's that's proven you know mm. so sick and then so we're going to go slightly bigger picture now and even bigger screen as it were mm -hmm. you eventually made it into the cinemas yeah, in yeah. the weekend movie yeah um again how where did that come from was that off of the back of you know stuff you've done through the acting roles that you've done on doctor who and extenders or i think at that point it was kind of a bit of all of that yeah. it was like because this i i shot that uh, last year, not last year, the year before. Yeah. And by that point, I had a resume. I had started to build everything I was building. Even Wall of Comedy was around at that point. And, yeah. you know, it was myself, Percy and Dee, we were writing a film, we were writing a feature. We did um, a application to Film London and it was a feature film. We got through to the last stage, but our director dropped out. Oh, really? And so we didn't get to do the full thing. So they said to us, do a short film. Yeah. So we did the short film, which is Chick or Treat. Um, yeah. That's on YouTube now, you can check it out. And what we did was we decided, okay, cool. We wanted to kind of flesh this out, but the dynamic that we had in that film, we kind of looked at it like a, a, a black in between us in terms mm. of that friendship and that chemistry. Yeah. And then um, Kojo, the comedian, he came to us and he said that, you know, he was working on this script. He wrote it about five years ago but he's now too old to play it. How do you guys feel about, you know, taking on these roles and, and we can look at adapting them and, you know, having them fit you guys. And because we were already writing something which was in the same vein, we was just like, yeah, this is perfect. This is exactly what we're looking at. The story was great. And it was just down to, you know, just being able to do our first film together as well. Like yeah. something that we really wanted to achieve and, and, and move forward with and everything just aligned and everything just fit. So, that film was it was a blessing really and even down to it was low budget it was everything we stood for in terms of we've we've come from that background of doing having nothing and creating something out of nothing and yeah. we literally did that with that feature and now it's got to the point where you know like it's it's not it's, it was in the cinema and now it's on netflix it's actually trending wow. now wow. like and it's gone worldwide yeah. like 
even down to we had hopes of it going to Sky and stuff like that, but it went to it went to Netflix, man, and it went worldwide. Yeah. Everyone can watch it, like, yeah. and I just have constant messages now in my DMs, like really? people from Australia, people from America, wow. Philippines, everywhere, just saying, "Oh, I just watched this film. It's amazing." So. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's how that came about. And I think it's just a build up and we needed to be at the place where we were in order to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's just perfect timing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I never knew it was on Netflix. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that is, if you're going to be on a TV program or a film, that's where you, want it, you want it to be. Right now, right. Yeah, exactly. that is where you want it to be because yeah. that's where everyone's watching stuff. So yeah. that's amazing. That's congratulations. Thank you, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. Um, so, so what would you say up to date with you know up until you the movie went out mm-hmm. the biggest lessons you'd learned from you know starting out brit school doing man on the wall youtube etc acting in tv to now a movie what were the biggest lessons you learned in that kind of time frame i think the biggest lessons would be trust in your instinct yeah i feel like that has been the biggest guide and biggest lesson to be fair, like whether or not I've trust my instinct and it's been proven right or I haven't trust my instinct even though I felt like I should have and then it's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. But like through that process, you just learn that you, you already know what you want to do. You already know who you are and where you're going to be. You can see it and you're already there. It's just down to having time play out until you get to that point in which you've, you've executed what you want to execute. Yeah. And your gut and everything in which is is inside you tells you what you need to do and puts you in the place that you want to be in and I feel like there's a lot of people in which constantly listen to other people like some of the biggest decisions that we've made in terms of like creating the wall of comedy or you know starting man on the wall like think about it we were just three guys in which nobody knew and we said we're going to make this show and put it on YouTube put ourselves out there it could have been it could have gone left bro mm. like it could have been <laughs> like what the hell are these kids doing? Like, yeah. have you seen? We could have been memed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do not try this at home. Yeah. But it was the complete opposite, and we had people saying to us, "Like, are you dumb? Like, what what are you doing? Like, go the, the typical acting route." Yeah. Or when we said, "Okay, we're going to change all of our um our eggs in this man on the wall basket to the wall of comedy and mm. launch this company and you know try and put other comedians on etc." People were saying to us, "No, don't do that. Like, you're going to lose all of your following and you're mm. going to spend all the time doing this and." been the biggest 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 decision we made mm. and it paid off mm. and even now every decision that comes and everything that happens to me i always just feel what's this saying like what, mm. what's your intuition saying what's your gut saying because it's always right whether it feels sometimes it feels wrong as well do you know what i mean it feels like you shouldn't do that because yeah. in your head everything that surrounds you it doesn't make sense but if that's telling you to do something then follow it man and, yeah. and that's that's probably the biggest lesson i've yeah. learned but it's more often than not, I find that it's, I kind of believe that it's the, the universe's way of telling you yeah. this is what, this is the way to go, this yeah. is the path to follow. Because yeah. that energy is being channeled into what we call it our gut, but yeah. there's something around us, surrounding us, that's exactly. telling us that's the thing to do. Yeah. So that's why I, I always follow my gut mm. where I can, yeah. where, where I can, where I don't get confused with like my head or my heart. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but, yeah. but there's always a piece, like yeah. how you can tell if it's your gut, your instinct or your head is like, even if you've made that decision and everything around you is still war, yeah. like you have a peace that, yeah. okay, cool. Even though this could all be left, I've made the right decision yeah. in my heart. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And you just have to try and find that and silence yeah. yourself to try and get to that point. But it's like the true you, isn't it? Trying to tell you this is what I want to do. So exactly. you have to just 
kind of trust of it and go with it a yeah. little bit. Yeah. So you kind of you've touched on wall of comedy, which for those who are watching can see the big neon sign behind us. Yeah. And those who are listening can trust in the fact that there's a big neon sign behind us. <laughs> sign behind us. Um, how would you explain what the platform is to someone who who hasn't come across it before? Yeah. So the wall of comedy is a comedy platform. It is um, a means of being able to have a home for comedy content across the world. We started in the UK, but we have ambitions to be across the world. Um, we have different segments of our company. One part of it is creating original content. Yeah. So from shows like Man on the Wall to TV shows you see on the BBC and Channel 4, but knowing that the online space is now what our demographic is watching, we've said no to TV and we're yeah. not interested in making stuff for TV. We just want to create quality content and give it to our audience. Yeah. We also look for content in which other people produce and try and license that content to give it to our audience. And then we have a production arm in which produce all of our content for us and work with um, different talent in which want to have ideas, but they yeah. don't have maybe the equipment to do it or the skill or the creative yeah. um, energy. And then we have our, our talent arm, which is um, uh, a, management, a management arm where we manage talent from the likes of Young Philly to Woolly to uh, Nush and basically just trying to grow that arm and using that platform to where nowadays it's complete, it's the complete opposite where you know you have people who want to manage talent who have numbers, we just yeah. want to manage talent because we have numbers mm. and we want to be able to create a portal where we can bring talent through and as yeah. long as they're talented they're going to get an audience and they're going to be exposed. Um, so the wall of comedy is like if you know like SBTV for music or Link Up TV or GRM the wall of comedy is that but for comedy yeah. and we have aspirations to completely evolve and build the wall of comedy into a beast the aim is for it to be like a Netflix mm. um, but not just against comedy that we have a company called the wall group which yeah. is basically the mothership company Amazing. and we've just launched the wall of music yeah. which is um, another arm of it and we will go on to, to launch the wall of sport and then the wall of fashion and the wall of travel the yeah. wall of wow. gaming everything and that's the entity and the empire we're trying to build so if you look at like Netflix where you have Netflix picture that as the wall and yeah. then you have comedies or you have yeah. drama or documentary yeah. that would be sport wow. yeah. that would be comedy that would be drama that would yeah. be fashion and just create this empire really man and Amazing. yeah just take take the internet by storm and yeah. go with this new generation of creating content yeah because you know like you, you touched on it earlier how most of the audience is online and that's mm. the kind of place to be and the kind yeah. of more traditional tv route yeah is not the route which is you know again it's kind of proof in your journey of coming through online mm. into this world and growing on online yeah although you have touched on tv you have touched new movies and stuff mm. but this is the, the, the world and the kind of landscape that we're living in now. Yeah. So it's very important to kind of recognise that and yeah. go with that and kind of build on that as yeah. you've done. And, you know, it all sounds like it's going to pull off, hopefully. Yeah. And so. even that you, you kind of, you have to be real with what's happening in the world. Like when you look at TV now and viewing figures, yeah. like most TV shows do around three, 400K. And that's like a good TV show. Mm. Like, like a lot of them do like 200K, if that. We do... 200 to 250 to 300 million views a month mm. we have wow. 3.6 billion views in total wow. we only started two years ago we yeah. had three and a half million followers yeah. subscribers across our um channels and yeah. it's like you can't get that on tv anymore yeah. you're not going to go to a show and see a piece of content get seven eight million views on one piece of content yeah. unless you're, like, you're watching the x factor yeah. do you know what i mean so it's like 
this is where it is now and we're yeah. trying to keep up with the new age and constantly adapt yeah. or you will be extinct. I think that's a very good way of um, conceptualizing it, the, the comparison with like the X Factor and those really big programs yeah. in terms of numbers. Mm. So I don't think people really understand the the size of some of these numbers for, yeah. and you know, not just what you guys are doing, just online, mm. you know, on YouTube or wherever it is in general. Yeah. The numbers are phenomenal. And yeah. when you think about TV in the UK, like I said, the biggest programs are getting like 10 million is like an amazing figure for like a Strictly Come Dancing yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And like some, you know, shows or whatever it may be on YouTube are getting 30 million, 40 million. Yeah. Music videos are getting hundreds of millions. It's exactly. Powerful it's stuff, man. But it's like attention is the key. Like, yeah. you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, man, he says it all the time. Like, that's where you want to be, where the attention is. Because yeah. once you have the attention, you can do whatever you want to do with it. And yeah. attention is not on TV right yeah. now. It's in content. It's, it's online. It's with young people. Yeah. And so where does the funding come from? Because like you said, you haven't gone down the kind of TV route. It is all online. So mm-hmm. and we're sat in a pretty nice office space. Mm-hmm. And there's probably like 20 or 30 staff members sat right behind me mm-hmm. in the other room. Like... Where does the funding come from all of that and to buy your equipment to you know have the production on to have the, the talent to have everything and to build and grow yeah. where does that all come from so we were a part of a suggested video program uh, with facebook about a year and a bit ago now where facebook are constantly trying to evolve and as you would have seen your facebook feed is probably full of videos so mm. they're trying to become a video platform and trying to test how they can monetize video content. So they started this thing called um, the suggested video program where you watch one, two, three videos and then an advert comes up. Um, That's how we basically monetize our channel. So in the same way you monetize views on YouTube where an advert comes up in the beginning, um, we do the same thing, but you watch two or three videos and then an advert comes. So basically across all the content in which we have, we we monetize all of our views. So for, Per, there's a CPM per million views and per million views you get, you get X amount of revenue. Yeah. And that's the aim of the game really, just creating quality content mm. which builds our um, builds our, our viewing, which then builds our revenue. And the more viewing we do, the more revenue we do, yeah. the bigger we can grow. And yeah, we've gone from four or five employees to about 20, 25 wow. in the last eight months. Crazy. So we've grown rapid and yeah, yeah really excited to see what the next year does. Yes. Yeah. If we can do that in like eight months, yeah. the next year it might be the 100, 200. Yeah. You know Multiple I mean? offices so, exactly. in Europe. Yeah. Wow, it's powerful, man. And, and, and so what? how would you, one thing I've always been interested in is how would you determine what a successful video is? Do you go by the views? Do you go by engagement? Do you go by you know, the talent that's in it, what, what determines for you guys a video that's successful and one that's not so successful? I think it depends what we're trying to get out of it. It's like that whole, that question of what is success for you? Success for you is different for me. And it's all gender based really. Like if we are going for success in terms of revenue, then it is down to views. How much views did that piece of content do? Um, If it's down to how people are responding to that content and what mark have we made or how people are socially talking about that, then the success is in, okay, have we made a conversation? Yeah. Um, but we kind of grade our videos on like three things. It's LOL, it's um, WTH, what the hell, or it's um, uh, you have to look at this. And if you can get all three things, laughing, what the hell is this? And mate, you have to see this. Mm. That's what creates shareable content. Yeah. That's what makes someone want to share a piece of content. Yeah. So if all, if a video has all three elements, then that is a successful video. But we have a very strict procedure in terms of our content. We upload around 30 videos a day 
and we have a, um, a rating system. So if a video doesn't hit a specific amount of views in a short space of time, yeah. um, say for example, uh, 60 to 100,000 in an hour, then that video gets removed. Right. A new video then goes up oh, wow. and we have to make sure that our videos are doing a certain amount of traffic yeah. and, to keep our algorithm high. Yeah. So yeah, there's a very you know specific um, structure which we have. All of our team have targets in, of um, viewing in which they need to hit. Yeah. And we have like, you know, spreadsheets which say, I don't know, for example, Junior, our head of social, will have a uh, 20 million target in that week to hit. Yeah. All of his videos get loaded up into that spreadsheet and we can track how many wow. views each video does. If it's not doing well, yeah. I see red or I see green. Junior, why is this not happening? Yeah. And then we can look at it and say, okay, cool, that show's not very good. Cool, let's ax that show, let's create a new one, let's come up with better ideas. And it's just constantly just structuring that and yeah. really grilling ourselves to try and create the best content. Yeah. And what, what's the kind of creative process as well behind coming up with those new ideas? Do you sit down as a team and go, we need, you know, to hit these three, you know, um, headers as they are? Mm -hmm. Or do you sit down and go, we need this type of show, we need this type, type of feature? What, what do you do to, as a team? Yeah, I think it comes from creative first in terms of what do we want to make? And we stem it from what we want to make uh, initially kind of, Myself and Percy and, and, and Dee will sit down and kind of say, well, what type of show is it that we're looking at? And then we'll sit down and we'll try and think of a show or an idea which we want to explore. And then once we have that initial idea, then we grill it. Okay, mm. does it have this element? Does it have that element? Does it have that? How can we make it have that? And then you start really kind of nitpicking and yeah. chiseling it off until you've got the perfect structure for it. Yeah. Um, and then we go to finance and we say, okay, this is going to cost X amount to produce, and we think it will do X amount of million views, which will then bring us back in X amount of yeah. revenue. And if it hits criteria, then we bring it to the team and say, what does everyone else think? Have you got different ideas we can add to it? And then we create the perfect beast, yeah. and then we run with it and try and see how it, how it goes. Yeah. And we do the same thing right. for when we're picking talent or you know working with anyone or even external content that we license. Yeah. Wow, because it's very interesting how there's such a kind of process and structure behind what just seems like random you know, funny videos on yeah. your Facebook feed, like yeah. for someone like you and the other companies who are out there doing similar things in whatever world, sport, fashion, mm -hmm. they've obviously got these structures in place. And yeah. I don't think people appreciate that as much as they do mm -hmm. to like see, watch the video and then share it with their friends. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, amazing to be honest in terms of yeah. that process and that yeah. much detail with the spreadsheets. Like yeah. it's crazy. It's a business. Yeah. Like, and you can't forget that. Like at the beginning stages, it's all fun and games and it's like, yeah, we're creating content and this is great. But then you look at it and you're like, okay, cool. I've got 25 members of staff who mm. all are expecting to pay their rent at the end of the month. And then that's mm. where even they respect the decision, pro the decision process in saying, okay, well, what is this and what is that? And yeah. the biggest thing is what kind of gets difficult is because you, I like to hire a lot of people I trust in which mm. essentially is my friends. Yeah. As long as they are good for the job, then I want to work with all of my friends. And then you have to kind of really find that balance between friendship and business and at the same time, yeah, we'll go out on a Friday night and, you know, have a drink and have a chat. Like, I'm, I'm a CEO and I'm, mm. I have to make sure that everyone is paid at the end of the month. So we have to get down to work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just finding that balance is difficult, but it's still a learning process and I'm get, getting it yeah. every day. But yeah, man, it's challenging, but yeah. it has to be done. Of course. Like I said, it's a business, right? Exactly. Um, so your latest thing that you've got into is more kind of inspirational content mm -hmm. and you've started up a series i guess we can call yeah, it with yeah. your brother called yeah. wade's world yeah and do you want to tell us a bit about what that is and the kind of the the idea behind wanting to create that 
yeah. new platform for yourself as, as well as all the other crazy stuff yeah. you've got going on here. <laughs> yeah, I think like Ways World is, for me, it's, you know, it's a passion project. It's something that is, like acting has always been like, I am an actor, it's in me, I, I want to act and I want to perform and at the same time it's a career, I can make money from it and do mm. what I love and the same thing with the world of comedy, I can help other talent make money from it, make them money, be able to build something but with Wade's World, I've always been a very positive person, I've always had a certain mindset and a lot of my friends and people that I'm around I influence in a certain way yeah. and people would always say to me like you're, the way you think and the way you speak is it's inspiring mm. and, and like how I feel from the based on the conversation that we've just had, everyone should hear that. Mm. And I just started thinking to myself, okay, you're right. You know what I mean? And it's not good to just keep it to myself or just share it with the people I have. I want to share it with the world. And then my brother, he also was doing the same thing. He was just kind of putting out inspirational uh, quotes and stuff on Instagram. And I just said to him, like, you know, you're doing this inspirational thing. Like I'm about to do Wade's world but it doesn't make sense for us to both do something in the same yeah. lane, like we're family as well, yeah. we might as well just come together. And yeah, it's called Wade's World, but luckily your last name is Wade as well. So <laughs> let, let's just come together yeah. and do this thing. And um, yeah, we came together and just launched the series. And essentially we're just talking about different topics, whether it's, um, you know, can you or how to uh, pursue your dream while maintaining a nine to five yeah. or how to remain focused or yeah. whatever it is that thing, whatever things are that people think about are, are discussions that people don't really talk about. And I see like shows like um, Back Chat, which is a show online yeah. on YouTube and you know people have discussions and opinions about things. But I always think to myself, like why don't you get something in which can actually inspire people yeah. rather than just creating a conversation for the sake of it. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. I want to be able to yeah. you know go around and eventually in five, 10 years time have this kid, well this, grown-up who comes to me and says 10 years ago I was 15 years old listening to your 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 videos and your inspiration I'm now 25 and I have my own business and I'm mm. doing this I'm doing that and that that feeds me you know yeah. and just being able to kind of as an exercise for myself as well the more that you're talking about something and thinking about something it puts me in a mind frame where I have to come up with content every single week yeah. to give to my audience yeah, yeah. and so it's forcing me to then read more, to then listen to more podcasts, to then, you know, interrogate why do people think like that and why mm. do people do that so I can have my opinion and my take on it. Mm. And essentially Wade's world is Javan Wade's and Ramel's Wade and Ramel Wade's world and how we think about things and sharing our world with the rest of the world. And the plan is to basically just build that, you know, be, be able to go around and do talks and, you know, build an empire of motivational programs in which we can just distribute everywhere you know mm. we, we live in a world where right now kids in school don't really get taught the things i wish they got taught yeah. you know like now i run my own business and i i've i had a job when i was uh 16 years old which was working in top man i worked there for six months after that i've always been working for myself but mm. i've never been taught about tax you know <laughs> and it's like that's something that i had to learn on my own two feet like kids are not taught about the things in which they should be kids are not taught about how to believe in themselves and how to you know find inspiration and i, I went to a school yesterday um to do a talk um it was like year nines when they're picking their options yeah and i'm sitting there with these kids and they're they're all like you know oh, how do i get into this and how do i get into that that's and i'm I look at them and i say well do you do you think you can do this mm. and they don't say yeah and i'm like why? Why do you? Why do you not believe that you can? You have what it takes in order yeah. to do what you want to do. Who's told you 
that you can't do that because when mm. you're a kid when you're born you don't have anything that tells you i can't do something so you've got that that um could that uh what's the word um conditioning yeah that makes you believe something whether it's positive or negative and it's like that needs to be changed and that's my aim and that's my mission to change yeah. the world of ways world yeah but it's interesting because we were talking just before we started recording mm. about you know the reason behind this podcast is to hear these stories of where yeah. you started how you built up where you got to because mm. people might only come across you four months ago and yeah. they're kind of seeing I wouldn't call it the end goal but what they see is the end goal mm -hmm. for themselves yeah. like oh I want to be a guy who's got X amount of followers in this company and that company mm -hmm. but they don't know about all the processes and, and steps before it to get yeah. there which is why I think these kids are starting to believe I want to do this but I can't do it mm -hmm. like I want to be Charlie Stoff but I can't because that's a one in a million thing exactly it's not like it's not. if you heard his story which hopefully we'll hear one day on here yeah you'll know that his his journey was tough and he's had to work hard and you've had to work hard and yeah. everyone has to work hard to get to where they get to nothing comes easily exactly but these these kids they have that conditioning where that's what they believe because that's mm. all they see is the yeah. end product yeah they don't see what they believe to be the beginnings and you know your beginning mm. you know you might not have known it at a time was putting the application in at brit school yeah. that was your beginning exactly essentially or even before that it could yeah. have been something else but yeah. That was your beginning and that was seven eight years ago yeah do you know what i mean so and if you look at that as a step like okay cool you might look now and you say okay well wow, you've got a, a company with employees and you've been on tv shows and in films mm. and blah, blah blah like no 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 go back to route one because you can't just do that like mm. understanding that that takes time and that's a process like you're right go back to that application that was handed in you all can do an application mm. all you got to do is fill it out and exactly. tell them why you're passionate about that craft yeah. and that's your first step but if they don't understand that, or they don't see that, then they're just seeing the end product, this overnight success, exactly. in which yeah. is impossible to achieve overnight because yeah. it's not overnight, it's a lie, yeah. it's false, you know? Yeah. So. And there's it, one of my favorite quotes, and I can't remember off the top of my head who it's attributed to, but it's, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Mm. And that, like, I, I think that to myself every day at mm. least once because it's a very true thing. Like, you're not gonna get to the thousandth mile and the end of that journey or yeah. the end of the process, whatever you wanna call it, until you put in that application, exactly. until you fill in your CV, yeah. until you contact this person, yeah. whatever it may be. It's like you have a wall, like we always say, the wall of comedy. Yeah. Like, wall. Look at the Great Wall of China. In order to build that great wall, it started with a brick. Yeah. And you lay one brick as perfectly as a brick can be laid each yeah. time. And yeah. one day you have a wall. You yeah. don't just build a wall. It yeah. takes steps, it takes bricks, it yeah. takes layers. That's a great analogy as mm -hmm. well, I think. Um, so... Have you come across any struggles or setbacks in your career? Obviously, you mentioned um, being like a young black guy trying to get into acting and, and there's certain opportunities that aren't quite feasible in the UK or, or whatever, you know, across the world, whatever for that. But is there anything that you've come across that is, you've seen as a setback and you've really learned from or anything that's deemed a failing to you? Yeah, I, I think... Um setbacks in I would kind of describe a setback as the process mm. like understanding the process like I've only started making enough money to be comfortable within the last two years mm. man. and I've been I've, I started seven years ago mm. and it's like pot noodle for dinner tea for dinner like not tea is in food tea I mean like PG tips yeah. do you know what I mean and going through that grind for like three, four years because being in a place where I, I physically cannot work in an environment in which it doesn't make me happy and yeah. working in retail and doing that, it just, I wasn't happy. I, I honestly would rather 
be broke and live on a grind mm. than be somewhere that doesn't make me happy. And, you know, not everyone is like that. Some people will and can do that, but I had to make that sacrifice because it just, I prefer happiness over everything. Mm. And a, a big point was when we, when we first started Man on the Wall and we went to Youngers, it was a big tipping point because we had a team around us. So it wasn't just yeah. me, Percy and D. As you know, there's people behind the camera. Do you know what yeah. I mean? There's people which are editing, et cetera, et cetera. And when we did Youngers, they didn't want everyone because they yeah. had camera crew, they had people to do sound, they had yeah. the whole production company. They just wanted the talent. All they wanted is the yeah. talent. Yeah. And well, yeah. Talent, yeah. inverted commas. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that was a big a big blow for us because the whole point was, you know, when we're working, everyone's working for free. And the whole mm. point is that, you know, we're going to get our TV show and everyone's going to get to come together and do mm. everything together. And it just didn't work like that. Although, you know, the whole vision was, okay, we'll get to this point where if you see it through, we're going to, we're going to get there. Like for example, where we are now, and we would have been able to bring our whole team with us, but people just didn't see that far mm. ahead. And because they weren't involved in it, they, they turned sour basically. And, it was like, okay, well, we can't not take this opportunity because they don't want you to be involved. But at the same time, like, understand that you will be involved. And, yeah. and it's just that everyone's timing is different, you know? And a big part of that is even for, for ourselves, like, everyone's timing is different in the sense of when we started Man on the Wall, Percy got a show, Wizards versus Aliens, Doctor yeah. Who creators, and he was filming for six months of a year, for three years. Wow. This is when we just started. And it was virtually impossible for us to basically to continue and at those points we just felt like quitting man mm. it was like you know this is not going to work out because you're filming all this time how are we going to do this mm. and at that time obviously we're making no money as well and in order to make any little bit of money we need the three of us together because we're doing random on the wall shows etc yeah. etc and it was just tough and at that point you just looked at it and my whole kind of thought process was like even if we stop doing this now I'm definitely going to get there because yeah. I know I've seen it and mm. that's going to happen. But at the same time, it was like, okay, cool. Now, like, just just hang in there. Just just do as much as you can until you physically are not able to do anything. Yeah. You're on the streets and you're dying. Until that point, there's still hope, you know what I mean? And we were able to really just see that through and come to the other side yeah. and with all of that happening. And then a similar kind of thing happened when we were doing, when then when we did Youngers and everything was all great and flower and roses because we neglected the online audience once the TV show finished and you know we were paid for Youngers at that point we couldn't go back to the online series because the fans didn't care about yeah. us anymore and we didn't have a TV show so it was like what do we do now again yeah. at that point we were just like we should just quit man like what, what, what are we doing like let's just go our separate ways and do what we're doing and again that thing kicks mm. in and just says no this is not the end mm. of the road man you mm. gotta keep going and you do that, but honest to God, like you are at your last tethers and to anyone out there, like whatever you're doing and you feel like maybe you can't do it anymore. There's always that little bit of room, you know, where yeah. you just have to hang on a little bit tighter because at the end of destruction, there is greatness. Yeah. And that is where you want to get to, to the point where you're just about to crumble because if you don't crumble, you're, you're going to see fruition and you're going to get to the other yeah. side. So those are probably like the most difficult times. And now every day is a struggle, but it's a great struggle because it, you have problems with everything, but at least you're doing it in an office with a team yeah. to support yeah. you and with opportunity. But um, yeah, even, you know, when I first started, I started thinking that like, I had a Mohican, like a Mohawk when yeah. I was um, like 17, 18. And I thought that I weren't getting any roles because I had a Mohawk yeah. and I needed to cut my hair off. And I 
it was like, oh, okay, maybe if I cut it off, then that's going to get me roles. And I didn't cut it off. I was just like, nah, like, if, you're, if you believe you're good enough, then you're good enough. Like, mm. you don't need to do that. And I kept it. And then I landed big school. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then from there, I was like, okay, cool. So it's not my hair. Maybe it was just a starting process. And yeah. that's one thing, like, you can consistently try to do something, but it's only until you get to that point where you've, you know, you, you've you've exhausted every point that you really kind of get to that place where you, you've cemented yourself. Yeah. And yeah, man, you just have to keep going until you make it. And yeah. in a nutshell, if you if you can't, then you're just not cut out for yeah. it, really. Get yeah. a man to fire. <laughs> it's true, it's very true. That's part, it is a lot of the process. Yeah. And I think a lot of people I speak to and myself learning that every day and mm. by the sounds that you're still out experiencing those things, which is, you know, again, I think as an important message is, mm the successes you've had along the way as well because yeah. it's not an easy smooth ride which it exactly. may seem it's never is um so last couple of questions for you mm -hmm. so we're going to roll back time to the pre-brit school Javan. Mm -hmm. what three bits of advice would you give him of three things to start doing mm. and one thing to stop doing oh that's a you hear questions like that but i've never heard a phrase like that yeah that's good um three things to start doing Three things to start doing is decide what you want mm. because I believe that once you know what you want, you have a head start on everyone else and the more time you have to do something, the more chance you're going to succeed at it. Mm -hmm. um, and then number two would be get around as many people that you can that are a positive influence on you or mm. that are doing the same things in which you want to do because of that whole thing of you are what you eat and your environment is you. Yeah. Um, the third thing would be Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, back then I, I, I knew I was talented and I felt like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this. But the one thing in which, in which I didn't start until I started it, which was around when I was like 15, 16, was just ridiculous work ethic. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that there was no one that was going to help you, like no mm -hmm. one owes you nothing. And when you understand that, you put yourself in a position that allows you to just work. Yeah. So hard work and relentless Graft, mm. um, and can I have one more? Yeah, go on. Then. Yeah, I'll allow you a bonus. One. I've said it already, but like, listen to your instinct. Yeah, like just consistently anything that you feel that you should do, do it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And keep going with it. Um, one thing to stop doing, I would say, uh, stop doubting yourself. Stop doubting yourself. Stop. There's even even. Even now it happens, but now I have the know-how and the skill to combat it. Mm. But when you're younger, you don't. And no matter how much you believe in yourself, sometimes there's a little niggle which tells you, but can I really do it? Or yeah. if you haven't done it before or seen someone do it, you're like, okay, well, I don't, I'm not really sure. Like, eradicate that. Whatever you believe you can do, you can do. You know what I mean? Whatever you put your mind to, if you can see it, you can be it. And that is one thing in which I would have said, like, make sure you maintain mm. that because that's the only thing that's going to get you through if you don't believe in yourself no one else will yeah amazing and then finally last question mm -hmm. what would be your ultimate happiness goal my ultimate happiness goal would be to see success in every field i attempt so currently that's my businesses and my entrepreneurship i'm seeing that at the highest level my um, my acting career um, seeing that at the highest level um, in terms of acting and producing, writing, creating. Um, my inspiration, being able to inspire the world and change lives and 
constantly see my words move people and point them in their purpose and direction and um and just see the people that i love around me mm. happy in whatever way that is for them mm. some of that i know some of that i don't know but whatever that is being able to facilitate that and to allow them to seek or even guide them in the, in the way that they can see full happiness mm -hmm. and if everyone around me is happy and i'm happy then um, that that for me is is full happiness now. Sick. And then before we sign out, can you um just let the people know where can they keep up to date with your movements online, like you yourself, and yeah. then where can they find Wall of Comedy? Um, you can find me. I mainly use uh, Instagram and Snapchat, and that's Javan J O I V A N underscore Wade W A D E. And um, I do use Twitter as well, but not as much, and that's just Javan Wade no underscore. And um, and then the Wall of Comedy, uh, just you can just Google that. We're on all social medias. Yeah. It's the same name, the Wall of Comedy. Facebook's our biggest audience, um, and then YouTube, and yeah, you can find all of that. And then definitely tune into Wade's World, which is my inspirational, motivational blog on YouTube. Um, and it's not an Instagram yet because I don't think I'm going to start an Instagram for it yeah. because. I might just keep it as my own Instagram, yeah. my brother's. But YouTube, um, Wade's World, and Facebook, Wade's World. And yeah, definitely keep yeah. up to what I'm doing. And hopefully I can inspire yeah. some of you guys. Yeah, amazing. Well, I wish you all the best of everything. I you mean, too, man. it all Thanks sounds so like, it sounds great. Like, Wall of Comedy, Wade's World, acting career, everything. Like, Thank you, you sound like everything's kind of unlocked and you know where you want to be, where you want to go. So wish you all the best for too, the next bro. few years in the future and thank you man. you know we'll catch up soon and, and thanks for, for joining me on here anytime bro no worries thank you, thank you. Awesome, bro. so there we have it that's Javan's story um as you can hear he's got some a real real energy about him a real buzz a real sense of what he wants to achieve where he wants to be a very kind of structured way of thinking about the things that he has achieved and, and what he wants to go on and, and create and build and grow um i really enjoyed the message at the end of you know trusting in your gut and going with that 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 feeling that you have inside yourself that is really trying to tell you something and following that to to make your decisions because as he said at the end of the day the process is the learnings and along the way along the path you'll make mistakes you'll do great things you'll be knocked back you'll have people reject you you'll have people accept you and it's all part of the process and very important to take on everything that you, that you can and learn from it where you you can because at the end of the day you learn more from your failures as you do your successes so it's important to take those things on board and really try to learn from it and discover the things that you could do better next time also really enjoyed you know hearing about the first steps and reflecting on how just putting in one application form was the start for him on his massive journey that he's gone on to and sometimes we take these things for granted of just handing in a cv having a coffee with someone whatever it may be or you know starting your own blog or you know an instagram page whatever it may be just to start that thing is you know the first step on a, on a long long journey and it's important to just go out there and make sure you're doing those things and have that real belief in yourself that you're passionate enough about it to carry it through and to see where that journey goes and most importantly just enjoy the ride because you only get one chance at this thing called life so you may as well enjoy the journey while we're here so um that's all for this week thanks again for listening if you did like what you hear please make sure you share it with your friends please make sure you leave a review on itunes hit all the subscribe buttons if you've got any more questions like to know any more information you can tweet me at i am alex manzi find out more or follow the instagram page dreamers disease underscore podcast for more information so thanks again for listening in i really hope you can take something for that episode and always remember 
keep chasing your dreams. Thank you and I'll see you next time.